What's up, RPG fans? Welcome to episode 12 of the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Philip, and I'm joined, as always, by the man from the Northeast, Geo. What's up, man? Um, to be specific, I'll call it New England, okay? And even more specific, it's Massachusetts, and I'm a fan of the New England Patriots. How you doing, Phil? Doing great, man. How was your week? How was your Father's Day? Um, my father's day was was really good, really really good. Uh, obviously, spent time with the family. Um, I have another story which I'll get to at some point, but I mean, this week was was excellent. Good, good, good. Mine was also great, and we'll sure we'll get into that in a few minutes as well, ladies and gentlemen. If this is your first time listening to the Switch RPG podcast, then this is the show that comes to you from switchrpg.com and it brings you all the exciting news upcoming game releases and the latest in the world of rpgs on the nintendo switch platform after we cover all that jazz we then read your questions on air try to answer them if we're able remember we are all about community here at the switch rpg podcast so if you want to be part of the show it's really easy you can do one of a couple of different things you can email your feedback and or questions to podcast at switchrpg.com or you can dive into our discord server at discord.switchrpg.com and post in our podcast channel at the end of the day we hope that you know we want to hear from you quick housekeeping this week we don't have much but let's give you an update on that sweet sweet rpg world cup 2018 tournament this might be the most important thing we talk about today it may be that's why we're leading the show with it before we jump into the news now over the weekend geo your beloved Portugal had a close draw, yes, a historic win, or not win, but a historic game a from yep. Yo, definitely the a great game. Cristiano Ronaldo. Unbelievable. And there were some other great performances as well in the RPG World Cup 2018, mm-hmm. and let's go over those here. As of recording, this is Monday night, June the 18th, and so our final group is live but you'll be listening to this on Wednesday, so it will have already been closed and will already be in the knockout stage. That being said, let's do some forecasts. We can, you know, we can't 100% predict how that final group is going to end, but there are some substantial leads. So we're going to go ahead and this is like the unofficial how things will shake out in that final group. So sure. our round of 16 looks like this. We have the Persona series up against the Ultima series. This is this is a good one. It's yeah. definitely a good one. Ultima had some uh, had had sort of a underground cult following there. They were really making sure that it beat Dragon Age. So anyway, <laughs> uh, in our second you see, game, you we've seem got... a little sad about that. <sighs> R.I.P. Dragon Age. <laughs> 
and, and we both i think we both like tweeted at bioware to try to save this thing yeah i i tried for you i yeah. tried well no actually you you uh you tweeted at Bi- bioware for mass effect for mass that's, that's, yeah that's, mass that's effect right. yeah bioware if you're listening you had your chance <laughs> but all your stuff well you, you okay anyway there is something they, they do have one thing in here okay so we've got uh persona and ultima matching up against one another then we have the pokemon series versus the mana series this is this is where i end my reign right here <laughs> probably i'm guessing yeah this is I a mean, tough one from for the mana series now don't don't forget pokemon obviously they have a, a, a number of games don't forget Mana has a lot of games as well, guys, okay? I mean, I'm not trying to put a speech together here, but don't forget Legend of Mana, Dawn of Mana, Final Fantasy Adventures 2 on the Game Boy. Don't forget about those. It's don't not just the greatest game of all time, Secret of Mana. No, I didn't even mention it. Nah. When you mention that, it, it kind of... Come on. I, I feel like we it. should I should be hearing like the, the campaign horns like in the background or something <laughs> for a presidential speech. Anyway, uh, game number three, we have Xenoblade Chronicles series versus Earthbound. Uh, beloved game. Oh, and real quick, uh, so on Pokemon, we had we had a couple of people say, oh, I don't even know if Pokemon's an RPG, but so the selection process, part of that was me curating a lot, about four or five different greatest of all time RPG lists. Right. And it showed up on every single one of them, multiple games, multiple Pokemon games showing up on all those lists. So for that reason, I added it in because I feel like if it wasn't there, then we're going to get the, where's the Pokemon series. So, I mean, RPG is such a, we've talked about on this show before is such a vague term at this point. What is an RPG? What isn't? So there are some things on here that you may not agree with and some things that you really do. So there were some, there were some series that I left out that I wish I could have put in, but just weren't able to. So anyway, uh, game number three, maybe in four, maybe in four years, they'll, they'll be in it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And I'm actually looking at some other, uh, other things that we might do. Maybe like come NFL playoff time. We might have like a a small playoff and things like that. So yeah. Cool. Uh, game number three was Xenoblade Chronicles series versus Earthbound. Game number four is the Dragon Quest series versus the Diablo series. That's a good one. Game, f- yep. Game five is Chrono Trigger versus the Witcher series. That's a great matchup. That's a good one too. Then we've got the the snowball game here. It's just going to roll down the hill like a snowball. Uh, game six is Final Fantasy series versus Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. That's so unfortunate because Knights of the Old Republic is is so good, so good. But Final Fantasy, I mean, the good series there, obviously. Yeah. See, Mass Effect got through, or not Mass Effect, but Bioware got through with Knights of the Old Republic. But it's just meeting the absolute beast of Final Fantasy series. Mm-hmm. I could easily see Final Fantasy going very deep into this tournament. And then Game Seven is Fire Emblem versus the tales series. I think that is probably the most interesting matchup because there's right. so much overlap in those fandoms. Mm-hmm. So, and they're the different styles of RPGs. So like there, you've got reasons to like both of them. I think that's a very interesting matchup. Yeah. And then finally you've got elder scrolls versus Baldur's gate. I think that that's a great matchup because you have a long running series in Elder Scrolls, where you have some parts of the fandom that like Morrowind, they even go back further and like Daggerfall 
more than some of the more recent. You have some that are like big Oblivion, some that are mainly Skyrim fans. So it's a long reaching series. And then you have a Baldur's Gate who are very loyal, very, very, very loyal. And they love their Baldur's Gate and that style of game and that era of Bioware. So I think that's Mm -hmm. an interesting matchup from that perspective. And of course, those last two matchups, both Tales and Elder Scrolls, those are unofficial at this point because they are the group that are live right now. So we can't really tell who's going to win. But at the moment, let me those refresh. Are the leaders. Yeah, uh, through 61 votes, uh, Elder Scrolls is taking 39% of the total, and Tales is taking 30. Fallout is 18, and Legend of Dragoon. Fighting as hard as it can. In that, in what, in the group that it was given, it has thirteen percent. Right. I feel like Legend of Dragoon. That's just tough luck for for that game. Yeah, that was that was probably the group of death. That's what yeah, I really, feel. Anyways, yeah. that, that was a tough group there. Yeah, I proclaimed. Uh, I proclaimed the one Final Fantasy a group of death. I thought that that was a very strong group. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think uh, several people pointed out that actually this group was probably pound for pound the strongest. Yeah. With the uh, with the massive games in there. All right, so I'll have a graphic out uh, tomorrow or Tuesday. So <laughs> yesterday, for when you're listening yesterday. to this, you can go check it out on Twitter. Uh, but uh, it, it'll be up, and it'll be the graph of the round of sixteen in playoff bracket form. Anyway, that's all of your housekeeping for this week. Jerry, do you have anything else you want to talk about in the housekeeping segment, or just jump into the news? Um, in the housekeeping segment, um, sure, yeah, I'd like to actually talk about something. Um, fairly recently, I lost my Switch. Okay, bottom line, it, it, it may have been stolen out of my car. It may have been lost, gone forever. I've been looking for it for, like crazy. I've been calling everywhere I went on that particular day. Lost, again, calling pawn shops. I went absolutely nuts. I went into a dark place. I... I was a miserable person to be around. My my wife was just wondering what was going on. She obviously she knew it was going on, but she thought I was acting like a child, and I probably I definitely was. And you know, I was just I was just a grumpy, miserable person. You know, I lost my it's like my third child. You know, I had I want to say over a hundred thirty hours in Xenoblade, a hundred thirty hours in Legend of Zelda, countless hours, countless countless hours in many other games just recently with battle chasers i that's like a 30 to 40 hour game i put 50 hours into that game and i actually beat it i beat that game that day the day i lost it so i did accomplish one good thing that day so again turn the house upside down turn the cars upside down i actually went back to boston which is where i lost it because my wife was having some some uh stuff done so i went up to boston went to look for it again nowhere to be found so i want to say it, this was i'm sorry i'm losing track of my days here was this on sunday when no, uh, it, was no saturday. It, was, it was friday it was a friday i'm or sorry was it saturday it was friday it was friday it was friday friday or saturday it was friday okay it was friday um firestream um, asks me to go into this group chat. He says, hang on, I'm just trying to get a few other people um, in this group. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? Is it, you know, does you want to get the contributors, kind of like the people uh, to, to talk about something? I didn't I didn't know what was going on. 
So he then tells me, I don't have the exact wording in front of me, but he, you know, he kind of just tells me, you know, everyone here knows your story. They want to contribute to buying you a new switch. And I was, I was lost for words. I, I was a loss for words. I couldn't even think of what to say. I, at first I didn't, I didn't think it was real. That would have been lost a cruel word. trick. Oh, oh yeah. I would have, <laughs> you guys would have been gone out of my life. But yeah, he says, you know, we're, we're all pulled money together. You know, we're buying you a new switch. I didn't know what to say. I was, I started crying. I'm, I'm actually a sensitive guy, Phil. I'm a real sensitive guy. I was crying too. And, so nice. Thanks. So I was, you might've even noticed it. I like didn't say anything for a little bit. And you know, I'm like, wow, I can't even like, I had no one was home. So I had no one to share this with. And I'm just like, I can't even say what I was saying while, while this is happening because this is a G rated show. <laughs> but I, again, I'm like, wow, I can't even believe like, like, I know you kind of feel, I mean, you're, you're still a stranger to me, you know, but we, you know, we, we talk once, uh, on more than a occasion. So, I mean, a bunch of strangers really doing this for another stranger is, it's really unbelievable. And I really, I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't believe it. And it made, it made my day. It really did. You may not know this about me, but father's day is really hard for me. I lost my father in 2001, we were really close. Okay. And so when father's day comes around, I already get grumpy and then, and then losing that. And I was already in a bad place. So this totally brought me to, I leveled up, (laughs) brought me to a total new level. And I was so freaking happy. And then Portugal played that day. And I was even more ha- like it, like everything was going right for me. And, and for some reason that, that, that seems to never happen for me. And it did. And again, thank you, Phil. Thank you for everyone who contributed, even for the people who don't contribute. Just this community is awesome. Absolutely awesome. And I got my switch and it's a switch RPG switch. I don't even care. I've been playing, playing it already and like nonstop playing the Octopath demo uh, which actually I'd like to talk about later. Um, I mean, like, like, thank you, everyone. Thank, like, un- so many thanks. Unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, well, and I know that I, I speak to, uh, for everyone when I say that it was definitely well-deserved. Uh, you do just fantastic work for the community as a whole. And uh, I know that we just n- knew that we wanted to help you get back on your feet because that's, that, that's, that's, that's a tough situation to be in. And I know if I lost my switch, it would be very difficult for me to get another one. So I'm yeah. glad that and, we were. And that was the other thing. And like, I was, I was going to have to save for another switch. I was really, I was really thinking like, like I said, I was really not in the right place. I was thinking about leaving the discord because E3 was happening. All these things are like all these great things that happen. And I'm like, I'm, I can't even be involved in any of the stuff. I was thinking about leaving the discord and I'm totally being honest, L- stopping, like letting you know, I, I, I can't do the, the podcast anymore, um, which I probably, I'm not probably, I would have regret. And I'm so glad that this happened. Like unbelievable. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that we were just able to have sort of a hand in getting you back on your feet. So that was great. Yes. Uh, for those, yeah. for those out there listening that, uh, weren't necessarily a part of the the contribution process. Uh, I mean, it's still from you too because of everything that you guys do. 
uh, for us and with us, uh, your support over the months, you know, is, is the reason why we're able to, uh, you know, pull our money together and, and we're one big happy family. So, yes. uh, really the, the, the way that that happened was it was, uh, contributors and it was the staff. And so that's what it was. And, uh, we, we, we tried to keep it us cause we weren't sure cause we wanted to get, you know, get the money to geo as soon as possible so that he didn't feel like he had to go out and buy a switch. So we kept it us cause we didn't know how different currencies were going to affect things. So I don't want anybody to feel left out, but that was sort of the thing. Like if you're, if you're not us based, then we just, we try to keep it USD so that we could just get it to geo as, as quickly as possible. So, but yeah, it, it, it is from like it, everyone. It, you're right. And it seemed like it came together really, really quick. Yeah. Um, so thank again, thank you guys so much. Absolutely. I mean, I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, we're glad that that happened. We're glad it was a, it was a great father's day all, all around. And we hope that everybody else had a great father's day out there. Uh, that's going to wrap up our housekeeping. So let's talk some news. Um, let's do it. You know, last week <clears throat> we spent the whole episode on E3 and I just got to say, it was the biggest episode we've ever had as far as listenership. So if you're listening to this and you listen every week, know that you're a part of something really special, really big that's growing mm-hmm. and growing and growing. And it just, it blows me away. I, you know, I, I think, I thank you guys every week for listening, but I, I'm serious. Like I've never been a part of something that is growing as quickly as this is. So you're, you're not a part of something that's only getting like, you know, five, five or 10 listens. It's, it's pretty incredible. So hey, leave my other podcasts out of this, please. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, last week was E3. Uh, so I wasn't sure how much news we were going to have this week. Cause you know, once you're, once you're in the highs, you know, what are we right. actually going to be able to talk about? But we've actually got a pretty good slate here of things to talk about. First of which is coming from, uh, Jamatsu. Is it Jamatsu or Gamatsu? I never know. Uh, is it Jif or GIF? Ooh, I, I, I go Jif. Uh, I guess that's the way it's supposed to be, but it reminds me of peanut butter. So I say GIF. I think actually the creator says GIF, but then everybody else tells the creator that he's wrong. Because they're like, well, it's not called a graph, uh, which is true. Um, all right. Yeah, so true. from uh, Jamatsu, uh, we have confirmation, and this is sort of everywhere else too. A lot of the news sites are picking this up. Yeah. But uh, that a brand new Tales of RPG is in development from Bandai Namco. Uh, this, you know, just kind of like. Uh, when Bethesda announced that I was working on Elder Scrolls Six at some point in the next decade, uh, yeah, obviously they're going to do that. You know, we know that a new Tales game had to come eventually, but it's great to have the confirmation that it is in development um, for consoles. Now, what we hope is that this comes out for the Switch. I have a hard time believing that it's it wouldn't come to Switch. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. I think that it's. A strong possibility, especially now that over E3 it was announced that Tales of Vesperia is getting its definitive remaster, and that right. it, that version is coming to Switch. So I think that's good. We're already getting some uh, relationship building there. Hopefully, the sales for that on Switch are strong and show hey, people want the series. They want games like this on this platform. So I encourage everyone. I know you know you've got your platform of choice, but just just know that you can you can speak, you can send messages with your buying and with your money. And if you want more tales on the Switch, gotta support it whenever it comes out later this year. 
So I yeah. think there's a strong possibility. What about you? Um, I yeah, I think it's a very strong possibility. Now, wouldn't it be awesome or like totally out of left field if they, it was like they had a a switch only version? Like, Ooh. they I'm sure they would lose a lot of money. I mean, this is you know they're releasing it at this point. They're doing the HD remake for all consoles. But if they had one that was you know Nintendo only, that would be completely awesome. But just the fact that they're including us in the in the talks now is is a home run for me. It really is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they would go. Uh, if they would go. Now, are you talking about for like the new Tales of game? If it was, if it mm-hmm. was Switch exclusive, I don't know. Nintendo would have to pay a lot of money for that to happen. And I'm not it be sure. Worth it though. I for it Nintendo, would totally be worth it. of course it would be. Yeah, because then you are forcing console sales. It would be a smart business decision. I don't know if right. there is, if that amount of money exists. <laughs> where, where Bandai Namco looks at it and says, it, this is going to be worth it because they've they've been multi-platform for so many generations, so many games, and you've already got PlayStation fans, you know, in, in there. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if Bandai Namco would, would take that bait, but you're totally right as far as a business decision goes. If Nintendo could throw an amount of money at Bandai Namco and get it, Switch exclusive, that would be huge because then Switch, or not Switch fans, but Tails fans from all these different areas, if they don't already own a Switch, you're you're forcing them to get one. And I mean, you know, and, and like if if you're a fan of a series to the point where like you follow it, no matter where it is. I know a lot of people experience this with Kingdom Hearts. You go where the series is, mm-hmm. you know, because you have that loyalty, that brand loyalty. It would happen. People would go out and get Switch for the new Tales of game if that's the only place that it comes out. Right. Now, this, um, being console exclusive is not new to Bandai Namco. They have Nino Kuni, which is specifically for PlayStation. I mean, it's on, you know, it's on PC, but I mean, I know Tales of definitely has a bigger legacy behind it. It has a lot more games behind it, but it's certainly certainly a, in the realm of possibility. I mean, like you said, it probably could, you know, if, if Nintendo had that money, which I'm sure they do, but if they want, were willing to throw that money at Bandai Namco to say, we want exclusive rights to this game, that would drive sales even higher. But I mean, we're looking at, I mean, this is just as development now. We're looking at quite a ways out now. So, I mean, who knows, but that would be totally awesome if it could be a Switch exclusive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that we're still in the stage where we just don't want delays on Switch versions. Like we're just trying we just to want to get, be included. We're just trying to get our meal at the same time as everybody else at the table. You know, we're, right. we're 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 thankful that we're at the table now, and now we're just hoping that we get our meal at the same time as everybody else. So, yeah. I mean, I would love to imagine that. I just don't know how big of a chance it is to get that console exclusivity. But like you said, Bandai Namco does have partnerships with other consoles for other games. They, they, so. Not only with that, even with the Tales of Asperia, the one we're getting an HD remake for, that was an Xbox 360 exclusive. Very so, true. So it has happened. Okay, okay. It Very true. All right. Hey, you're, you might be bringing me saying, around a little bit. It might be, it might be bringing me around. Oh, man, it would just totally be awesome. I would love it for Nintendo's sake, you know? Just to have have that push, uh, and what better console to play a JRPG on than Nintendo Switch? It's not even 
It's not even close. Not and even close. and it, here here is actually another argument for your for for what you're saying is maybe Bandai Namco because they're so big. You know, mm-hmm. they publish and make so many things. Maybe they look at all their slate and say, look, we're getting enough from all these other places that we can take some risks with this series and, you know, bring bring Tales back to the Nintendo consoles in a big way, mm-hmm. maybe. And like you said, there, is, there isn't a better way, honestly, to play JRPGs because it is the best of both worlds. You can play it on your TV and you can play it handheld on the couch, on the bus, on the plane wherever you where you know as long as you're not in the driver's seat of a car like play it wherever you want and, and just remember to bring it home or lock your doors all that all keep that it stuff. close yeah keep it secret <laughs> keep it safe um but and, and and two like i think i gotta be careful here but when we're talking jrpgs i'm i'm trying to think very very carefully to me i don't know if we've had just a a premier JRPG on the switch yet. I think we're I mean, getting I would close. consider Xenoblade. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. You're, you're totally yeah. right. You're totally right. Outside of that though, what have we and, really had, you know, like premier for JRPG modern JRPG that, that might be it, because, but that, that was a, that's a big one. I yeah. Mean, yeah. No, that, that is, that is. And that was, yeah, I, I, I didn't think about that. Uh, but outside of that, if you're thinking of some like major players, as far as Square goes, we've gotten like Tokyo RPG Factory stuff, but okay. we've not gotten like Premier Square Enix. I'm really excited to see Octopath, yep. uh, and and you know, we're going to talk about Octopath in a second. But I think that's going to be big because I was very I was very happy to hear that. You know what? We'll just we'll just we'll 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 transition get, right into it. Octopath into it. is. According to uh, Nintendo Life, we have it from Nintendo Life. Octopath Traveler features features eighty to one hundred hours of content. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you're asking me for my honest opinion, I am floored. I'm shocked by this news. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that there was any way possible. And I don't know why, but I just didn't think that this was going to be that level of a game. Now. It says that the main story is 50 to 60 hours. That's about 25 That's, hours longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um for I'm just thinking kind of more traditional turn-based JRPGs that I've played and not in the uh, yeah, in the way past like, you know, say for example Final Fantasy, just the premier example Final Fantasy. That could easily be a 50 to 60 hour game. I mean, if you if you wanted to make it that and I'm the type of person, if, if you were to watch a Let's Play or anything, like a stream of me playing, you would be totally bored because I am looking in every single corner. Like, <laughs> you do not want to watch me play. I am I am looking in every single corner for secrets, and it's just it's, it's nuts. But So those games, they they take a while for me, and I absolutely love, like, the strategy of it. You're, you're learn from, learning from mistakes. So you could easily i could see octopath being a 50 hour game and and i'm not sure why your thoughts were that it would be that it was lower i guess what 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 it was is square's recent history especially from these smaller development teams that they have mm-hmm. um and i guess i guess maybe the writing on the wall was that this was from the bravely team 
uh, yep. which did okay. put out, you know, decently sized games. But I guess yep. my my headspace was in like the I am Setsuna and Lost Sphere type of development, and so okay. I I don't know. Maybe I was just like setting myself up for like, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed whenever I get a 20 hour game which isn't bad i'm not saying that 20 hour games are bad it's just like whenever you you talk to me about like premiere and that's what i was saying like premiere jrpgs it it is that 50 to 60 and then the other thing is that the the sub stories and side quests push that time to 80 to 100 this does feel like a mainline final fantasy game a premiere jrpg not just like a cute small side project which is kind of what lost sphere was in a way Um, this feels like a major, major game. Uh, and now the way that we, we still have a lot, I still have a lot of questions. Like I know we both talked about uh, a couple months ago, what is the story going to be like? Is there going to be a main story or is it eight separate sort of sub stories? Uh, I, I kind of get encouraged that it says that the main story is 50 to 60 and the, the side stuff pushes it further so maybe we do get sort of a centralized plot that brings everybody together for something were you able to play the demo i haven't yet okay because i've been working through banner saga so okay sure well i i did play the demo or the prologue it's really a prologue because you get to keep your progress which is totally totally awesome freaking great and i don't think it'll be spoilery to say because it's very it's a prologue it's very early that you don't you don't get an overarching story at that point at okay. this point because again it's very very early you don't even really get to play all the characters all the the the, the career types or whatever I forget what they're calling classes sure so you don't it's tough to get a sense of really what's going on at this point so I I really I really hope that there is an overarching story because I think it'll kind of be cool that these eight strangers get together for you know, for this big thing or whatever it is. I hope that happens, but I don't think I'll be disappointed because so far it's unbelievable. It's the music is still on point. Even from the original demo music is beautiful. The visuals, I don't know if they've changed the lighting. It's even, it looks, it looks absolutely gorgeous. I believe lighting was one of the things that they said that they were going to tweak based off of fan feedback, because I believe it had something to do with the way that, the the lighting levels were and like the background foreground uh differentiation like i think that was part of it so okay well they did a bang up job on that they did an excellent job on that now uh, i still think some of the text is kind of small maybe it's because my old eyes can't see it but i still think there are some menus that are there the text is small but it's still it's still looking real like it's going to be really good really good that that excites me. Yeah, I I actually never played the original demo, and I haven't jumped into this yet. So I'm excited. the The fifty to sixty does excite me in that it does feel like a mainline Square Enix. Like this is our next big thing, and I wasn't sure if we were going to get that. Now with eight characters, I mean, look if if my concern would be. If there, if is if there's not a main story, if there's not an overarching story, and we're just sort of going through these eight 
people's paths paths here then you're looking at actually less than t- fewer than 10 hours per character so it's mm-hmm. going to feel like a lot of short like short stories if it's like that right. that would concern me a little bit but if there is like the first 10 15 hours is you sort of getting used to these characters and through that 10 to 15 hours they start coming together which is honestly if you if you look back at you know vintage classic final fantasies it was 10 to 15 hours before you actually got your full party for right. many of those games um right. and so maybe it's the case where that still takes place but instead of just following a single character like we have been in the past we're actually sort of getting perspectives of each of these eight as they start to intertwine and as the main story arc starts to unfold fingers crossed for something like that <clears throat> Yeah, that's like the the problem with this. It's a three hour demo, so sure. you don't you don't they put that time limit on, it, so you don't really get a good sense of anything like that. The other thing that stinks, it's a three hour demo, so I I almost felt like I was kind of rushing because I wanted to see everything, which again that kind of for me again my play styles is fine every nook and cranny doesn't work well. So okay, so it, it now was, is it is it that they put like a three hour countdown. Yeah. So when you're saving, yeah. When you're saving, you see the time that you've got on there. And once you hit three hours, the demo ends. Wow. Okay. I mean, you can, you can create a new save, not a new save. You can overwrite that initial save. So you can't create a new save slot. So you create a new save and then start different paths. So if you didn't like what you just did, you can certainly try other paths and, you know, see what stories you like. So, I mean, who knows? Okay. All right. Uh, other piece of Octopath Traveler news. This seems like a big one. There's There's been a lot of discussion on it throughout the community. And that is that Octopath Traveler won't receive DLC according to the producer. This also is coming, uh, being reported from Nintendo Live. Uh, it says, for anyone who recently downloaded Square Enix's Octopath Traveler prologue demo, and is planning on extending their stay in the wide world of Orstera upon the game's release, you might be interested to hear the following. During an interview with Dengiki Online this week, Masashi Takahashi, the producer of the upcoming Square Enix title, stated, the product version is the finished product, and no downloadable content was currently planned. What do you think about this piece of news? This gets me excited and worries me at the same time. Okay. I am in love with the fact that there is no DLC because it make it reminds me of when games were complete. You know, nowadays I feel like they take portions out of games and charge you for it, which is, you know, that's a Essentially what they do, I mean, some companies, some development companies will continue to work and make DLCs, but I feel like some of them, some DLCs, they strategically take out portions of, of the game and then charge you for it later as DLC. But, you know, to have a complete game, perfect. It's perfect. And maybe the story is such a way where there can't be any added content to it. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of on the fence about this because if it's an excellent game, I'm going to want more. If it's a bad game, then, you know, it's really 
it doesn't matter at this point. Uh, okay, so this kind of lines up exactly with one of our questions this week. So let's go ahead, ask the question from the audience, the listeners, Captain Volger and CR Magic both have uh, have a topic about this. Um, Captain Volger says, what are y'all's thoughts on DLC? What is the wrong and right way to do it? And then a follow-up question from CR Magic, at what point does DLC cross the line from nice expansion to greedy money grab? So what you're saying is you're concerned a little bit because on one hand, you don't want it to feel like they're just chopping off the end of the game so that they could spoon feed it over, you know, the next, the, the following year. But at the same time, if you love the game a lot, you would love to see more stuff. So where, where is that line for you? just in games in general when it comes to DLC. All right. When, when I think of a game that's done it right. Okay. I look at the Witcher three pretty much. They had a lot of DLC that was added for free and they were small, but they kept you, you, they kept you going. They kept you, they kept feeding you small bites, small bites, small bites. And then when they got to their bigger expansions, they felt like bigger expansions they didn't feel like they they held back content that was already created. They added a lot of story, a lot of side mission. I don't know if you've you've played the Blood and Wine expansion, but again, it was a lot of additional content and story. Now, I've I've seen I'm trying to think of an example of some bad DLC. I'm not going to go Metal Gear um, survive on us. That's, that's more, that's almost like the mobile platform on a console. I'm just trying to think of, I mean, like the, the very first, I mean, I believe the creation of the term DLC was the oblivion horse armor. Um, you know, where, where it is like, here's downloadable content that doesn't really doesn't really add anything like people don't really do it that well uh since the rise of season passes there's been a lot of a lot of controversy with like how, what is the actual value of the season pass it, are there story things in the season pass or is it just cosmetic stuff that i don't really care anything about but you're like investing in that season pass uh, sometimes without even really knowing what's in it right which to me is just that's on you like yeah they you don't know, they, have they to try and fork yeah, they try and forecast it a little bit. Um, I, I, for example, I know when Breath of the Wild did it, you had no idea what you were buying. And it, actually, now that I'm thinking of it, Breath of the Wild, they added a hard mode uh, to their DLC. I don't think it's in the standard like mode, I, I guess. I don't think so. I don't think so. So to put in a hard mode that could should kind of be included in the game or master mode or whatever it is they're calling it, that kind of cheapens it for me. That kind of puts a sour taste in my mouth when when something like that like a master mode or a you know difficulty mode is included in dlc no nah, not not so cool not so good so where the line is for me is with the sort of chopping off okay yep. when the actual main game feels very incomplete uh and square enix has been in the controversy of this for a while i i even remember back and we didn't really know what it meant at the time, but if you think back to Final Fantasy Thirteen Part Two, it ended with a to be continued, 
and uh, we weren't sure what that was supposed to mean. And I think there were there was a couple of DLC things that came after it, but they didn't really explain the story. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, it was almost like Square Enix didn't really know what to do with DLC. So, but for me, games in general, the line is does the does the story feel chopped off and then for another $20 I can get 10 more hours that was actually the 10 hours you know at the end of this game mm-hmm. um so that's sort of that's sort of what it is for me uh it's hard for me to call it greedy the the greed to me comes in when we have talked about and we've talked about this before is the things like I don't want to keep piling on it but it is the thing like Metal Gear Survive okay where it's the it's more the micro almost the micro transactions yes like exactly. the horse, horse armor i would consider that almost like a at this point you'd consider that a micro transaction exactly exactly we just didn't we didn't we didn't have the terminology back then it was like the first right. time that this stuff happened so for me the greed is when you're like forcing something upon the player like Oh, you want to play this more than once? You want more than one character? Well, guess what? You're going to have to pay for it. That to me is greedy, right? That, yeah, that doesn't sure. encourage me to play your game more. That's punishing me for trying to play your game more or playing your game a different way. So things like that. Um, things like in order for me to stay competitive in this game, I'm going to have to pay money. You know, the pay to win strategy. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that stuff to me seems greedy. But it's hard for me to call DLC greedy unless you're literally chopping off the story and then giving it to me later. Uh, because I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of expansions. If it's like what you're saying with, uh, you know, like what CD Projekt Red has done with The Witcher. You can't look at that and say that you did not get value for your money because you got a multi-hundred hour base game plus you know, dozens of hours in each DLC pack. I think if you look at Horizon Zero Dawn, similar story, a massive, massive base game, fantastic game with, for all intents and purposes, I haven't played it, but, you know, solid DLC from what I read and what I hear. So pulling this back to Octopath, though, I'm a little surprised that, they're saying that there's no DLC because if you look at Square and you look at what they the, what they've done with Final Fantasy 15, that game right. is almost a game a, a, a game as a service at this point because <laughs> there's so much stuff coming out after the actual release of the game. I would say right. that the release of that game was the beginning of the game, not like the end of its development cycle, right? And they weren't just like tweaking things after it was out. It wasn't just like patches. It is no here are huge story updates really and things like that you know and so and and there's still forecast there's still stuff coming out for that game into 2019 and it released what back 2016 like holiday 2016 has it been that long i think it's been that long i think it was holiday 2016 because it wasn't it wasn't in the game of the year you know conversations for 2017 not even for like rpg of the year so i'm pretty sure it was holiday 16 and so we're talking about like a two and a half to three year DLC cycle for a game. That is, that is pretty astounding. And if you look at uh rise of shadow of the tomb Raider, the new tomb Raider game, a square Enix game, square Enix is the publisher. That game 
it's already sizing up to be DLC city, right? Where <laughs> like story dungeons and, and other types of content are going to be locked behind DLC. Right. And like you said, that's like stuff that could be in the game pretty easily, right? Just, yeah. you know, story dungeons or side quest dungeons, or that's typically what's added in the Tomb Raider games anyways. Yeah. So to see Octopath be quote unquote completely finished, this is what you're getting is what you get. I think that I think that's positive. I think that's a good thing. Uh, I'm not necessarily concerned at if it's good. I want more because I I'm just the type of person where like if something is good, I'm completely okay with it being over. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of people. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? So a lot of people were very upset when Fox canceled Brooklyn Nine Nine, and a lot of those same people were very excited when NBC picked it up. I was of the mind, look, I would have liked to have seen a like a um, them to finish the story because it didn't feel quite finished. I would love to see for them to like come back for a couple of episodes to finish the story of all the characters. But I would have been okay with them not being picked up because Brooklyn the first five seasons of Brooklyn Nine Nine are so special. I'm okay with it being over because you're not gonna jump the shark, you're not gonna like ever get stale. So mm-hmm. for me, if a game is fantastic if it's good if it's 50 to 60 hours 80 to 100 with side stuff and that's all i get i'm fine i can replay it that's how i'll get more um so that's just that's just how i am because like right and and it's good to want more and yeah i mean yeah you know um that just means the product that they've put out is just that good yeah i just live my life by what harvey dent says in the dark knight and that's either you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And so many times, games outstay their welcome. And then by the end of their DLC stuff, you're like, man, I wish this had just ended with the base game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So that gets all the Octopath stuff out of the way. Uh, moving on, still at NintendoLife.com, we've got that uh, the near Automata director, Yoko Taro, really really wants to see the game on the Nintendo Switch, and he's not the only one. Gio, do you want to see this game on the Switch? I've never played it, and I want to play it. Yeah. You know, I've seen gameplay for it. I've seen some Let's Plays, some videos online. It looks really cool. It does look really cool, and you know the reason why I can't play it is because I don't own a PlayStation 4. Um, it, I know it's out on PC, but my PC is junk, so I mean, I can't... It's, is it out on a PC? I, I it, think is it is on PC. It's P- it PC, PS4, and it's now coming to Xbox One. So uh, maybe I'll get to play it on that, but I would... Just the fact that they're bringing the Nintendo Switch into the conversation, it, it's awesome. You, you know, we're going to get to see some decent games, and maybe we'll eventually all see it at the same day, you know, release as other consoles. So for the fact that he's he's even mentioning the Switch is good. I think it's great. I think it's great. I would love to see this. Uh, I watched one of my friends play it. He kind of gave me a rundown of like, here's all the features. Here's what it is. Here's why it's cool. The look, the feel of this game, the things that it covers, the the sort of untraditional way that you play, where you're supposed to play multiple times. Like it is a short, is a shorter narrative when it comes to RPGs, mm-hmm. but it's so that you play multiple times, get multiple endings, stuff like that. I think some endings don't unlock until you like play certain endings. You're right. Or some, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's something crazy. Um, but I really want to see this. 
so bad. I think the Switch would be a great home for it. I don't really know. Does Platinum have anything out on the Switch at this point? I don't even think they do. They're a fantastic game maker, but I don't really know if they have an RPG on the Switch at this point. I think... Uh, who makes Bayonetta? Is that is that Platinum? You got fast fingers there. Fast fingers and a mechanical keyboard. <laughs> uh, you're you're completely right. Platinum Games. Okay. Yeah. So hey, that's promising. That's good. Yeah. And then, and like I said, they've got a lot of other games coming out that I'm really interested in. Um, they actually announced a new one, a new IP in the Square Enix. Like the only the only valuable thing out of the Square Enix. Uh, briefing, quote unquote, briefing at the at E three, uh, but they got a lot of good stuff. I, I hope that the switch is in the conversation. Uh, the fact that the the director is talking about Nier Automata, I think that's fantastic. Get maybe like a a, a port of the first one and Nier Automata, that'd be great. Yeah, they could they could get a port on um, on the switch. I feel that it's just it's just the future. That's that's what I'm obviously more concerned about. I just want to see more. And we're seeing that, right? We're seeing more big developers talking about the Switch. They're seeing, obviously, they're seeing the success. It, the Switch kind of came at a weird time. It came, I feel like it's almost at the end of this generation's life cycle. So it kind of, it's at that point, that crossroads. So things were already in development for, you know, the Xbox, the PlayStation. So it was kind of too late for the for the developing of Switch titles. So... We're going to start seeing that now. And and I think we've talked about this in the past where, you know, there's going to be some catch up and that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing some dealing with some delays, people kind of figuring out how to develop for this console, how to develop for the switch. So, but again, just the fact that the, these guys are talking about it and they're, they seem to be on board is, is good. Excellent. 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 Um, all right, so uh, let's move on to a different topic altogether. Uh, we have a headline here, an uh, article here from CGTN. I'm not really familiar with CGTN, uh, but they talk about how video game addicts are mentally ill, according to the World Health Organization. Uh, Gio, why don't you give us a, a sort of rundown of what this is saying? Um, so yeah, they, they basically go, you know, it starts off. Do you find yourself spending more time playing video games and unable to stop easily? If yes, maybe you should start to worry because you might be addicted to gaming, which is now considered a mental disorder. Um, and you're seeing this, you're seeing this in a lot of different uh, spots here, but gaming disorder has officially been classified as a mental health condition for the first time by the world health organization according to the 11th edition of International Classification of Diseases released this past Monday. So I don't know if you've ever witnessed this firsthand, been part of something like this firsthand, but I have seen I have seen it. I have seen and I mostly see it in MMOs um, or games without ending. Okay. Games that kind of keep you coming back, keep you coming back because the game doesn't end. You see that a lot in MMOs. You're going to see that a lot in things like Fortnite, PUBG, things of that nature. It's it's a real, I feel like it's a real thing. And at first I kind of like, you know, gaming addiction, come on, please. And then I, I stepped into my basement and I see, all, I'm like surrounded by all these things, video games. I'm surrounded by 
all my amiibos, my pop figures, they're all, everything is video game related. Now I'm not playing it. I'm not losing out or missing out on life like some people have. And again, I, I know some people that have missed out on things because they can't step away. They, they have to continually, I'm not, again, I'm not sure what it is, but they have to continually be connected to whatever it is they're playing. I saw it with World of Warcraft with my friend who who um, who was almost divorced his wife because he couldn't he couldn't break it but he did which is fantastic and now you know he won't even touch a PC he won't even go next to it which is which is fine if that's how you have to handle it but it, it's a it's a legit it's a legit concern it's a legit thing um again this is I feel like this is something new though. I really, really do with the games that I've mentioned, the games that have no, no end. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I, well, I'm not I, sure. I think, I think too, that we're, we're seeing, I think we're especially seeing a different style of addiction crop up with video games more recently when you have the inclusion of things like loot boxes. I mean, it's been, it has been a, huge mm-hmm. conversation ongoing conversation well, that, that hits on a different addiction exactly exactly so we're <laughs> seeing these different styles of addiction with video games and i think that you're totally right that uh the the amount that you play for me the line is where does it interfere with your life you know mm-hmm. is whether that is you know you can't you can't interact with people anymore or you don't want to interact with people anymore because uh you've got you've got to play this or like this is this is it this is your entire life or you know like you're missing work because of this you know so like there is the time but then there's also the can you pay your bills because you are buying you know like you're sort of addicted to every new release or all of mm-hmm. this or all of the uh, you know the the millions of different you know, types of uh, physical collectors items and things like that so, stuff. This yeah. is so much. I mean, and I think that it comes down to, you know, my 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 concern with things like this is, are people are people trying to use this to paint video games in a bad light? And my response to this is that I think that this is this is just one of anything that can happen in life because i think that humans are just addictive by nature um mm-hmm. we, we get addicted to things all kinds of things it can be anything um once again that interferes with the basic you know necessities of your Functions. life exactly right. if if anything tv if gambling drinking anything any type of addiction is interfering with your basic functions then that's where it goes over into to addiction so i i think that we just have to be careful not to just like with um you know the the very difficult and complex like you know, violence issue uh video games are the problem like i think that that's just we're, we're painting with a broad stroke there and if we're like saying oh video games are bad because they're addictive also addictive right i think that's a, a very a surface answer or surface explanation for, for the addiction problem. I totally think you're right though, that it is something that feeds addiction very easily because they're fun. I mean, like it wouldn't be addictive if it wasn't fun. And so there was no enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Yeah, Right. 
Um, and I, you know, I've, I've caught myself on more than a few occasions, you know, going back to when I played Guild Wars, you know, I'm playing, playing, playing. Next thing you know, the sun is coming up. And I think every every person who plays games, I feel like they've done that. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, the yeah. birds oh, are yeah. chirping. Like, what Civilization 5, could... baby. Civilization 5. <laughs> so for you, it was Civ 5. For me, it was, it was definitely Guild Wars. And you're just like, what am I doing? Like, the whole next day, you're total... You're a waste. You're not. You're not accomplishing anything because you're so beat. But again, that was way, that was before kids, so I could do that sort of stuff. But there are people that do that all the time. Yeah, and that's it, that's it's nuts. But like you had said, I really hope it doesn't become a games is bad thing mm-hmm. because it's it's real. It's not right. 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 No. Let me but, ask you. Let me ask you this real quick. Uh, do you think that the the WHO labeling this as an addiction, do you think that there's actually a positive result to this where now we we can maybe doctors, I don't know, health professionals can look look at this and 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 say you have to self-examine yourself. Like maybe right. this actually being labeled as a mental disorder or mental illness, maybe there can be some good come out of it where people are examining self-examining things like that and maybe it maybe it helps them sort of break away like you were talking about your friend with with world of warcraft maybe it it is that self-examination of wow this is a problem instead of just saying well but it's just me playing games no like if it if it is on the extreme level of it interfering with your basic functions with it breaking up your family like that that's an issue so maybe a definition like this or a proclamation like this, maybe that will wake some people up. Right. And I think any sort of medical professional psychiatrist or someone in the mental health field, they're, they're going to, they're going to know without it being classified, they're going to know that an individual, you know, through therapy, they're going to know that this person is just constantly playing games. And obviously that's the issue. So classifying it kind of brings it to the forefront for people who may not know. Um, you know, so I could see this being beneficial, but I could also see, like you were saying that this could be, you know, ah, games is bad. You're not playing games, blah, blah, blah. So I hope it doesn't get to that point though. I hope it never gets to that point. Yeah. But you know, it is, it is unfortunate, but it definitely, it's out there. It's out there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, that's a, that was a, that's a great conversation for a topic that, isn't fast and simple. And I think that it's always good to sort of uh, be able to talk about those things. So we do want to hear from all of you guys on the subject. Uh, what do you think about the world health organization labeling your know, video game addiction as a mental illness? What are your opinions? And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know in the discord or you can email us. Um, wow. So like I said, I told you that that was, that was a pretty good news rundown. Um, we're actually shaving one story off, but we can we can talk about that next week because we've been sure. going so long with with the news. And I do want to get into things that we've been playing because uh, you you said that you've been playing the Octopath. I do kind of want to hear. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about about your experience, sure. but is there anything else that you want to want to talk about with your Octopath or anything else you've been playing? Um, I haven't been playing much of anything else because I kind of just recently got sure, sure, switch yeah. back. So yeah, um, playing the Octopath. Uh, demo 
again, the, t- the time limit really, really bugged me out. Cause again, every time you save, you're seeing that time limit. you like, you don't want to, you want to rush cause you want to see further into the game. But the, the, the way I play it, it's counterintuitive. I want to, I want to see all the nooks and crannies. I want to find all the treasures because they kind of hide, you know, they hide some. Um, so I wanted to see all that. So it kind of, kind of stunk to do that. Now I may go back and, and replay different characters. I know a lot of people have done that and I may, I may do that, but just the fact that they, I noticed changes and I, and the, for example, the lighting, you brought that up. I didn't know that that was one of the changes. And I, that was one of the things that popped out to me and, and the, some of the draw distances in the foreground and background, you're going to notice it right away. It, it visually looks, it looks so, so damn good. Now, um, again, I want to experience a lot of the other characters, so I think I am. I'm kind of talking myself back as I think I am going to go back and and play as different different paths. So, I don't want to talk too much about it because I know you haven't played it, but definitely, 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 definitely play it. Awesome. Uh, so I've been playing sort of a smattering of things over the past week uh, since E3. I downloaded Fortnite on the Switch, played a few matches of that. I personally ran into some lag. I was asking some other people on Discord that didn't seem to also have that problem. So I think it was just either my connection or the time of day that I was playing or something like that. Uh, I've been, I actually jumped into Minecraft on the Switch. Uh, oh I'm, I'm gearing up for the Bedrock update, which is actually coming next week, 21st, okay. I believe. Uh, so the Bedrock update will make it seamless across uh, the other console editions because right now we just have the Nintendo Switch edition. But the now, does that if you have the Nintendo Switch edition, do you automatically get this Bedrock? I edition? read earlier that it's a it's a free digital upgrade. Uh, but I, now the thing is that for people who want the physical edition, because there is actually going to be a physical oh, okay. Minecraft edition coming out, uh, so I know that the collectors will want to jump on that. But if you already have the digital, you know, Nintendo Switch edition, I read that it was a free digital upgrade. I hope I didn't read that wrong because that's the only okay. reason I went ahead. and Got it. Was because it was going to upgrade for free. Uh, yeah. So I'm really excited about that bedrock thing um, because you know you will will see it is sort of the inclusion of the switch in the rest the of the family. Minecraft family yeah. slash ecosystem. I think that that's fantastic. I think it's a great platform for it because it's it's a game that that just works so well on the go. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, a lot of people play on tablets and phones and stuff like that. But I mean, I think like having the controllers and the buttons just make it so much easier than the touch. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that. I love Minecraft. I, I, I'm, I'm obsessed. What else is what else is involved in the Bedrock Edition? Is it just the crossplay, or is there something? So else? you are getting you are getting the crossplay with Windows 10, um, with Xbox, with mobile, everything, everything but PlayStation. Yeah, obviously, because like PlayStation doesn't like to play with other people. Um, uh, but then there were some other there were some other minor things. Uh, right. You're going to get access to the the Minecraft uh, store, so All you right. will have texture packs, um, uh, behavior packs. I think I think things like that. Uh, community community created stuff. Oh, okay. And, so, and I'm sorry to. I feel like I'm probing you, and the only reason why I am is because. Right now, that's the only thing my son plays. You know, before that, it was Mario Odyssey. Now it's my Minecraft, and that, and that's all he plays. And and I actually just before recording here, I was I was playing with him. So I wanted I was just kind of wondering, you know, what 
what was going to be involved. Now, he doesn't do much of the multiplayer. I actually, I don't even have it connected to the internet. But um, that's why I was wondering if there was any anything else. So um, I'll have to I'll have to look up on that. Yeah, look at it because there there is a list of list of things that it does. It, I believe it essentially is going to bring it up to whatever the Xbox One version is. Okay, Xbox One, I believe, switched over to Bedrock a while back, uh, and so whatever version that is, that's what it's going to do. So essentially, you're going to have a seamless transition between like xbox cool. and switch and you will have that cross play uh that play everywhere because it's more fun you know yeah. so i think that's cool uh then the big the big thing i've been doing uh this week has been banner saga and banner saga 2 uh my official review for the site uh went live last friday so if you haven't had a chance to go read about banner saga it is spoiler free um for complete transparency, uh, we did receive a review code from the folks over at Stoic, who are amazing people, um, and they did provide codes for both Banner Saga One and Two. Um, and as always, though, that I mean that never that never sways my opinion. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit about it here. Um, I said before that I was having a lot of I was having a lot of fun with it. And I went a lot deeper in my review on just how much fun I was having, some things that I liked, some things that I wish were different. Um, but I do want to proclaim here some of some of the things that I didn't put into my review because I was trying to stay sort of objective. Okay. Um, I I kind of I kind of juggled with this decision for a long time because like as I play games that start to feel really special to me, I start to like think, okay, where would I put this historically? Like where does this start to rank? And for some reason I have, I have a hard time because I, I I'm such a nostalgia freak. I have a hard time putting newer games like up with some of my, my elite stuff. Cause even, right. even, even if I really, really love a game. So say something like, breath of the wild i'm like yeah but does it really fit with like final fantasy 6 so like i started doing that with banner saga 1 uh because i it was clicking for me on so many levels from the setting to the plot to the characters to the music like it just it hit everything that i need in a game because i'm a fantasy buff uh i am a character like i love to get connected with characters so it was both agonizing in the fact that I my choices were forcing me to lose characters forever, mm. I like that 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 killed me because I was killing them. Uh, right. But at the same time, like that just nailed home how much I cared about these people, and so I am going ahead and and making the declaration that I I think that this definitely reaches top five favorite games of all time, um, and possibly might slide into top three what yeah really? uh yeah yeah it might um and and it's only about a 10 hour game but the thing is because two is so similar and in fact it just ca- it continues on the story i have a feeling like by the time we finish with three it will almost be like a complete game like you know a complete yeah, game yeah. Right. Um, and so I, I would I would almost I think have to count all of them as sort of one because it's it's just it's one um it's one complete experience. At least that's sure. what I think. It's uh, like now, the Lord of the Rings movies, right? So yeah. you have the you, yeah, so you almost they all to, need to be together. You have to count it as a trilogy because right. it doesn't make sense to just count Fellowship of the Ring. Um but 
what I've played of two so far just has continued to cement that fact that because this just checks all the boxes that I want in the game and then just a story in general, uh, I think I think it is up there with my Final Fantasy VI and Dragon Age. I mean, for me to say anything fits what? up there with Dragon Age, like there were things that this game was doing that puts it above Dragon Age, in my opinion. Wow. Um, now, I mean, it's not it's not perfect by any means because nothing can be perfect except for Secret right. of Mana. Right. Um, Thank you. Thank you. But like, I I feel that way toward toward Banner Saga, and I can't suggest people to at least try it enough. Uh, and it's like I said, ten hours. Um, it is in many ways like a text adventure because you're not freely roaming around on maps. Uh, you are making all of your choices through like uh, menu dialogues. Um, some of the conversations are animated. Uh, some of the moments are voice acted, but most of it is is reading. Uh, so that might be a barrier for some people, but for me, when you're talking plot story characters and just heavy moments that impact you, there's, there were several times that I just got chills several times that I teared up. Like this is a game that almost goes beyond video game to me. And is like just some of my favorite storytelling in anything. So anyway, there's my Benner saga pitch. Uh, and yeah, if you want sort of a more detailed thing, you can go read the review. Like I said, I, I tried to stay very objective. I do talk about some faults with it. Um, so go read that on, on the site. That's, that's insane. I'm surprised you, I mean, not that I'm surprised because I know from what I've heard, I have not played it, that it is an excellent game. And you can kind of see that from the people during our, their, our past AMA, how, how in love with it, with the characters they, they were. And in fact, that AMA has been done and gone for, what, three weeks now, maybe? And people are still in that channel, the Banner, uh, yeah, Banner Saga AMA channel. They're still talking. And so are the developers. They're still, they're still talking. That's like, that that amazes me. Um, For me, I don't know. I I, I do want to try it. For me, I don't know if it's a game for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because... Not that reading is a barrier for me. Just there's a lot that goes on with reading in me. I just have a tough, tough time with it. So that, that, like you would say, it may be a roadblock for me, but it doesn't mean I won't give it a chance. Right. So just, just you putting it in a, almost a class of its own makes me want to give it a try. And and that's what I try to stress. And that's kind of why I, I've struggled with like, saying saying hey this is maybe top three for me because like i don't want people to think that i'm saying this is one of the greatest games ever made it's one of my favorites that have ever been made but that's because it's all of its elements align with my tastes like i love fantasy i love like viking lore i love like game of thrones style fantasy where everything is dark and gritty and you have you don't necessarily have like true villains and heroes it is real people making real decisions a lot of which are bad decisions that lead to bad things and then some good decisions that also lead to bad things everything is bad you know like it's just really tough and it's really real and it's very reflective of life like there are so few times when you know 
decisions are so, so easy, especially whenever you start like ranking up on the scale past, like what should I eat for breakfast? You know? Mm -hmm. So like big life decisions are never easy and never black and white. And I felt that this game almost more so than any other game I've ever played would give me a list of choices and I would set down the controller for it a good think five about, minutes. What is this? Yeah, what will this the, affect? Yeah, to read my response and, and and like trying to, especially after I'm, you know, five or six hours in and I, I, so I sort of know I can start predicting like, oh, okay, I could see where this goes because literally people, like characters' lives are on the line. And so I know, okay, if I'm reading, I'm reading this character's name is in there. If I do this, He's probably not coming back and I would do it anyway. And more so than any other game I've ever played because I am such a goody two shoes. I try to like be the hero <laughs> through every game. And this game, if you want to be the hero, this game punches you in the throat and then rubs your face in the dirt because it's like, there are no heroes. They're just people trying to do the best they can to survive. So, I mean, that is, that is a tough thing for sure. me. And so it was a, just a fantastic experience. But that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm 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 not gonna rant about it anymore. It's fantastic. Oh boy. Um, I, I mean, I, I I'm seeing we have a few questions here. I, I are we gonna get to them this week? Uh, we may not. We may not. Okay. We may not. Uh, <laughs> and I hate that. But we had a lot of news. Uh, so and we did answer one. So that was yeah, that was good. Sure. Uh, real quick, let me run down the 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 sales. And the releases okay. this week, because we do have a, a good bit of sales. Yeah, um, that's quite a bit. Yeah, the list is on switchrpg.com, the 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 main page there. Uh, I, I Am Setsuna is on sale for $19.99. That is half of what it normally is. Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is $44.99. That's also a big sale. Finally, like a sale for like a Nintendo title. Like exactly. That. We've got several Nintendo titles on sale here. Uh, we've got Has Been Heroes for $9.99. Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. For twenty nine ninety nine, another fantastic price. That's half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse two, twenty four ninety nine, a massive sale. Uh, Golf Story for nine eighty nine. Fire Emblem Warriors, a pretty significant sale for forty four ninety nine. Uh, Knights of Azure two, Bride of the Moon for forty one ninety nine. Plague Road for a dollar. Blossom Tales: The Sleeping King for ten ninety nine. Darkest Dungeon eighteen seventy four. Uh, no, I'm not talking about a date. I'm talking about a price. <laughs> Lost Sphere uh, for $24.99. So we have a review of Lost Sphere. Meatball Sub uh, reviewed it for us. Uh, he had some problems with the game. Um, I enjoyed my time with it. I think it is a game that is divisive because it does a lot of good things right and it does a lot of things very f- uh, flawed. Uh, but I, I don't think you can argue that half off is a good time to jump on that game. So. Right. Lost Sphere twenty four ninety nine, uh, Wonder Jaw. Try Wonder again or walk away. Seven ninety nine. A bit Dungeon Plus for seven nineteen. Atelier Liddy and Suell for forty one ninety nine. And I have, Devious, I have not, I have not heard of that game, and it's a sixty dollar game. Yeah, oh. yeah, it came out a, a few months ago. While, while ago. okay, and Devious Dungeon at six thirty nine. Uh, releases this week. So this you'll be listening to this podcast on the 20th on the 19th, the lost child will release anima gate of memories will release. And then on the 21st, Johnny turbo's arcade wizard fire. 
And then on the 22nd is Mario Tennis Aces. That's all you, man, right? <laughs> that is all me. For anyone who's going to be picking up this game, you will face me. I'm pointing at my camera, but you're just listening so you can't see it. Get I'm that finger out of the camera. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Okay, cool. So those are the games releasing this week and on sale. Um, let's do one question. Let's do one question from the listeners, okay. and then we'll, we'll, we'll call it a night. Right, cool. um, we already kind of talked about you with your Switch. Uh, let's do a question for Meatball Sub. Do you prefer what kind of combat do you prefer in your RPG? Turn based, active time battle, or full on action? Um, for me personally, I like all of them. It, it really depends on the, on the mood. I guess I'm in. You know, if I'm if I'm into wanting to do some strategy, a good turn based game is perfect. Um, if I just want to roam free. Like, for example, in, in The Witcher or Fallout or Elder Scrolls, kind of just a free free roam type of action, uh, you know, I'll, I'll play that. Xenoblade, I think, is the, the other kind of active. I think that's what he's referring to as an active turn base. Is that is that what I'm getting at? That in Final Fantasy, maybe? Yeah, I, w- I would think he's probably thinking like Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9. Uh, even okay. even some of the ten. I mean, no, not ten. No, ten would be like straight 15, up turn based. Uh, but I mean, re- honestly, like four. I guess four through nine were okay. were the time. I think. Okay. Um. But like I was saying, I I like all of them. Mm-hmm. I really do. It really depends on what I want to play. For for example, I just I just uh, played Battle Chasers, and that's a turn based game. I absolutely love that game, and I'm so into Fallout and Elder Scrolls. So I mean, it really just it just depends on if it's a good game or not, really. You know. So for me, it, it I have I have no preference. I really don't. I'm an open book. I just for the sake of ranking, you know, um, okay. I might put uh active just full-on action at number one because if i'm thinking like my ultimate game would be a very deep rpg you know like a very deep rpg with the the action combat of like arkham um which is the the full-on action emphasis on counter-attacking and and doing uh different combos different abilities I would love to see a system like that in a full-on RPG. Uh, okay. In fact, that is like what I'm waiting for. Uh, you get a little bit of that in The Witcher Three. You do. You where do. There, there are uh, some counters and blocking, and it, I mean, the combat isn't perfect, but you get a little bit of that Arkham feel. Yeah, yeah. Witcher was definitely kind of rhythmic, like Arkham yep. is. Uh, you get you get that in uh, the Mordor games, the Middle Earth games. Um, I, yep. I, you know, I. I would love to see like the middle earth games, maybe in the next installment really lean into RPG um, uh, away from, from sort of actiony, you know, with maybe like the stats and the way that you upgrade your character and the different armor you could have. I would love for it to go just full on RPG and actually have an action RPG experience. Uh, Next up, I would put uh, turn-based full on turn-based. I think final fantasy 10, I cannot believe that's the only game that we got a pure turn-based and I think that it it is 
almost perfectly uh, included, like presented in Final Fantasy X. I love the way that that game presents it, and you could see on the side the the turn order. You could see yep. how the turn order would be affected by the skills that you that you select, like debuffs and buffs. Yep, exactly. If you delay, if you delay somebody, you can see how many turns you're delaying it. There's so much strategy that goes into what do I select here. I think that's fantastic. I would put that up above active time battle because I will admit I don't really love active time battle because. I'm not that good at going through menus and remembering when, you know, where things are. And I, I get kind of uh, like panicky whenever I'm under time pressure. Like I'm so bad at quick time events because yeah. I just crumble under the pressure of a time, a time limit. And so when the, I can see the little bar moving and like the time's ticking oh, away panicking. and if I don't make my selection in a hurry, the enemy's going to, you know, to attack me, that makes me freak out. No. Nah. So. How about this? Okay. So I went from, you know, I played Xenoblade for a while and then I went, I think I was playing Mortar, Shadow of Mortar. Again, that has has some quick time events and, and whatnot. And then I was kind of going back, back and forth. Now, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has quick time events as well, especially when you're going mine not mining i forget what it is when you when you're like going fishing or oh, whatever yeah, yeah, it's called the salvaging yeah yeah salvaging <clears throat> and um again there, there are quick times associated but now i'm an xbox player so your a's and b's and x and y's are are different now for playstation you know they deal with shapes but for a b x y it's just like wow what <laughs> what are the, like your mind's just going nuts just trying to think of all these quick time event um buttons but i'm sorry <laughs> back, yeah, yeah. back to where you were yeah no i mean that, so you're not and, a fan. That, that yeah that wraps it up i mean i i'll go full-on action and then turn base and then atb so that's where i am yeah yeah for for if again if you're if we're gonna rank them i would say for me it would be you know 1a 1b you know full-on action turn base for me you know but i i do i do like them all i really do okay and very quickly, do you think we will see a Switch hardware revision anytime soon? Farshim asked that question weeks ago. So, do you oh, think we get a hardware you, revision, yeah, like hardware internal revision. internal components, just kind of upgraded? Um, I could see them doing a different chipset because this one's so easily hacked now. Um, so I could see them kind of doing that without really anyone noticing. Now I don't think that they'll increase any power or graphic graphical fidelity or anything like that. I think it would just be more security measure if that's what he's asking okay okay i um i actually think that this is this facet like fascinating question because to me i'm very curious as to what like nintendo is going to do next after the switch because we're going to have a generation leap in a couple of years xbox already announced they're working on the next xbox we know the ps5 is you know, out there somewhere being worked on. What does Nintendo do? Because like you said earlier, they released this, their generation at the tail end of the current generation for consoles. So I'm wondering what's going to happen. And I, I would not be surprised to see in two years, a, maybe like a switch 2.0. That is, that is maybe where we finally get like 1080p and we get sort of a better screen get better resolution, you know, 60 frames per second. You know, uh, a because I mean they they've done this like with um with the 3ds's like you had the 3ds XL 
and right, the, the, new the, 3DS. the new 3DS. You know, there's they've always been into the iterations of like tweaking certain things, making it a little bit better, a little bit bigger screen. I don't necessarily right. think we'll get bigger screen because uh, I think that it is a, it's already a nice size, but I could see getting a better screen itself. So okay. Yeah, yeah, I could see that in a couple years. One thing I wouldn't would not like is if they have no say, for example, no backwards compatibility. Now for the new 3DS, there are some games that mm. only play True. in the new 3DS. I know I think uh the new Metroid, you can't play that on an older 3DS. You need to play that on a newer one, I believe. So there are some games that are really they don't they don't do well uh, mm-hmm. or they don't play at all. So I hope that wouldn't be the case, but I would love for graphical and uh, graphical fidelity to be better, you know, more power. Um, you know, if, if we're going back to Xenoblade Chronicles where the frame rate kind of chugs in handheld, I would love for that to be gone and not be a problem for the Sony or Microsoft fanboys to say, look at this game. Even though for me, it, did, it didn't bother me. I noticed it. It was very noticeable. But again, I was just having so such a good time with the game. It didn't really bother me. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. All right. Uh, yeah. If we didn't get into, into certain questions this week, we'll definitely tackle them next week. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening. We want to give out a special thanks to Mon Cell for being a front page patron on our Patreon. Remember, you can also donate uh, to the Switch RPG website community if you'd like you can throw a dollar or two at our patreon at patreon.com slash switch rpg like i said that's going to do it for episode 12 of our podcast thank you so much for listening uh remember if you want to be a part of the show you can email us at podcast at switch rpg.com or you can post in our podcast thread on our discord at discord.switchrpg.com remember you can listen to the show each and every week at our website, switchrpg.com, or you can download us on your favorite podcasting app, like Pocket Casts, because it's an amazing Pocket Cast podcasting app. It's just fantastic. That's what I use. Uh, if you are on an app, please remember that you can leave us a rating and a review. If it's five stars, and if you say something super nice about us, we'll be sure to read it on air on the episode, and we can give you your name a shout-out, and you can feel really good about yourself, and we can feel really good about ourselves, too. If you like what you hear, remember, you can head over to patreon.com slash switchrpc. Throw us a dollar or two if you can. If not, don't worry about it. You just being here, hanging out with us is what we love. We just love for you to be a part of our community. We do love our community. We're a big, 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 big family here. We all love each other. It's a great time. Finally, remember, you can head over to switchrpg.com for all of your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch platform. Until next episode, I will see you around in RIP Dragon Age. RIP Dragon Age. Again, I want to thank everyone so much i totally appreciate it but i also wanted to mention i work for a school system today was the last day of school goodbye teachers there was also an after party today i partook partake partook partook in a ghost pepper wing eating challenge i won but i don't feel good about myself okay i really don't feel good about myself because i still feel the burn in my innards. <laughs> I eat 15. Pretty good. Anyways, thank you for listening. See ya.
That's pretty impressive. You ate 15 ghost peppers? 15 ghost pepper wings. Wings, okay. 